today we have the amazing, the incredible Angie Veets with us today. I am so excited to introduce you to her. Uh, her business is Inspired Recovery. She works with eating disorder as an eating disorder specialist, but so much more. She's just incredible, and she's one of Jay's all stars. So, yeah. welcome one to the show. All-stars. I love that. <laughs> I like welcome that to too. the show, Angie Veets. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, you guys. We're glad to have you. So, first of all, one of my favorite things about you is your name. Uh, I always tell you all the time, I just can't even call you Angie. I have to call you your full name, Angie Beats, um, because it just rolls off the tongue. Angie Beats. That's how I feel about you, Jay Pryor. I have yeah, to say Yeah, people call me Jay, Jay Pryor, Pryor all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jay Pryor. It. And uh, you and I worked together this past year, not that long ago, right? I know. It was last December. It was 2016. Yes, yeah, it was, 2016. Oh, my gosh. Eight. It was just a year ago. Golly. <laughs> crazy it is so crazy yeah it was such a powerful year and I really attribute my work with you as a big big component of that thank you yeah we did some good work and I you know I think the thing that what I love and one of the reasons I really am excited about having you on is you know I'm not gonna lie there are when I talk about my my book and my work and um you know coming from a place of mastering progress and getting to that place of progress and not going towards perfection. There are some people that are poster children for that. And I would say that you might be one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you. Jay calls me his poster child. So it's nice to meet another one. We we should start a club. (laughs) I love it. And as a recovering perfectionist, I am so down for being the poster child. Thank you. Well, and that's what's so amazing to me. And, you know, one of my loves about coaching is I get to coach these powerful women because, you know, you already came to me like super powerful and already pretty clear about what you wanted to create. And what I love about that is part of my job is getting to really focus on reining you in and having you start to focus on self-care and putting yourself first and not having to I mean, you're, in fact, you're the one, the metaphor of getting back on the horse. Do you remember when we talked about how you had something happen in your life? And then, so you had this big thing happen in your life, kind of an upset with your family, Mm -hmm. right? And then we're on the phone the next week. And you're like, but I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this. I'm like, hold up there. <laughs> right. Wait a minute. Like, you and just got bucked off the horse really hard. Like, could you just maybe just brush the horse today and then Netflix it the rest of the day or something? For God's <laughs> sakes. I mean, so trying to slow you down was ridiculous, but you did great work around that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, thank you. That metaphor really rang true for me because I was sort of swimming in this guilt bath feeling like I just needed to keep going and, you know, sort of push through this emotional thing that had happened in my life. But yet my body was telling me to sit my ass in front of the couch and binge watch, you know, Housewives of Orange County with some Oreos. (laughs) And you kind of gave me permission by saying, hey, this big thing happened. Let's let's take some time to take care of you so that when you're ready again and you've healed from this experience, you can, again, like you said, slowly but surely get back up, brush the horse, maybe consider getting back on. And it was just a relief to hear that. I love it. I might it. be the only life coach in the world that tells that prescribes Netflix and Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why we love you, Jay. (laughs) Well, and I think it really helps reduce burnout, too, when you make those non-negotiable practices, which you really put me on the hook for, you know, not only with meditation and reading things that really fill up my soul, but you also gave me a lot of permission to just have fun. And that meant a lot to me. And and getting getting out of that mindset of like, we have to grind it out and force it. You really gave me permission to just enjoy the process that I was trying to cultivate and manifest and holding it more lightly. And that was just, that was huge. And just a really massive shift for me. And talk to me about that because, you know, there's something, and, and that's another thing that I would assert that uh, you in six months had a huge shift around your facility with being able to notice when you're in that mode of grinding it out and when you're, you know, because you were so willing to get grounded in a spiritual practice and or amp up your spiritual practice, take on medication, meditation, not medication, meditation. <laughs> And medication, (laughs) all of the things. We do all the things here. Um, But just even mindful walking or, you know, my memory of that is that you, you know, really took some time to discover for yourself what worked for you and you were willing to get put on the hook for that. And then you started having more facility with being able to acknowledge and get when you're in that grinded out mode, like you started to know what that felt like. So you could start to shift it yourself, which is that for me is the power of it is, you know, so we're we go so unconscious that we don't realize we're in that grinded out mode and right. we're just trying to force an outcome. And that never works. No. And it's like you taught me. I mean, people really feel the energy behind when you're having fun versus when you're grinding it out because you said, Ooh, I have to have this completed by 2 PM rather than saying, you know what? I'm going to take a nap and I'm just going to take care of myself or breathe for a little bit. And then when I feel like my heart is ready and open, I'm going to come back to this and it's okay. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, can you give us a little background too? Because I do want people to sort of know where you were coming from as well. So, I mean, you came to Jay as a a powerful creator, which I think is obvious by just meeting you and, and getting to know you. Um, so tell us a little bit more, though, about sort of the, the what you do, because uh, I think it's so incredibly powerful. And I want to make sure that we're sending people to you because of what you do is such an, an important thing uh, for women and men and everyone dealing with, uh, eating disorders. Well, thank you. So I have been a practicing clinical psychotherapist for about 12 years now, and I've specialized in eating disorders for 10 of those years. And as you guys know, I recovered from an eating disorder. And about a year ago, I started having this feeling that I wanted to expand my reach. And I, did, I had no idea what that meant, but I felt this calling and really kind of a sense of urgency within my heart that there was something I was supposed to do beyond my individual client work, which I absolutely loved, but I felt like I needed to reach more people. And the reason for that is that we know that 30 million people in the United States at some point in their life will suffer with an eating disorder. And... I'm, you know, able to help just a drop in the ocean in my office. And from the time I was little, I've had this calling to be a writer. I come from a long line of women who write. 
And I, I really felt like I needed to get in action about that. It was one of those things that every year around the new year, I'd say, okay, this is the year I'm going to write a book, or this is the year I'm going to start a blog. And I started hearing sort of fall of 2015, I started hearing this guy's name come up, Jay Pryor, Jay Pryor, Jay Pryor. And I know that when the universe calls me to <laughs> pay attention, it usually takes a few times for me to get the message. So finally, I sent him an email and I said, I don't really know who you are, but I think it's important that we connect. And Jay was kind enough to take me on as a client the first of the year in 2016. And so our work really, from the time we started in 2016, was for me to get my writing up and going and really making a dedicated effort towards that and instead of putting it on the back burner. And I can't even begin to tell you the transformation in the past 12 months. I swear, if you would have told me that by 2017, some of the things that Jay and I created together along with the universe would have happened, I would have told you that you were full of shit. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's been kind of a badass year and I'm excited about 2017 as well. So that's a, a little glimpse um, into kind of what's been up for me over the past year. And didn't you have your first article published with the Huffington Post within the first month of our coaching? It was just kind of crazy insane. So I, I created this <laughs> blog and I published to, you know, my <coughs> husband the first, the first time on January 1st. I made a commitment and I published it on January 1st. And of course I knew probably two people would read, my husband and my mom. But it was still really anxiety provoking because I knew that I was really stepping into my vulnerability and getting way outside my comfort zone. And then I would say, like you said, within a couple months, I, I was a, um, I started blogging for the Huffington Post pretty quickly after that. I started a blog on psychology today, which is an important forum for those of us that are therapists. Um, and then in addition to that, I just had the wonderful opportunity to start writing on blogs of inpatient treatment centers across the country that are dedicated to helping individuals with eating disorders recover. So it's been, it's been a really amazing opportunity to see those things unfold. And I don't want to convey that those things just magically happened. I really was putting myself out there and just seeing what came back. And one of the most important things to me um, is that I've really been intentionally working on writing my first book. And I'm working on that actively right now. And that's just made all the difference. But one of the things that Jay taught me was that in effort to be a powerful woman, I had to make some pretty powerful requests. And so in that process, I started asking people for support, whether that was to help me on social media or to help me with my website. And that really has helped me facilitate my growth because I'm able to stay in my own lane and do what's valuable to me, which is the writing process. And I can hand off the other pieces, which were 
A, confusing, and B, not so fun. So I have a question that I'm curious about, and I've never asked you this before, but since your work with me and since, you know, being engaged with this community of women who are doing the work, um, has your, uh, how you deal with your clients, has that shifted? Like how you do therapy and how, what, how you have them, has that shifted at all because of your own personal transformation? Well, you are the first coach that I ever worked with. And I was really sort of suspicious about what that process would look like. I couldn't imagine working with a coach. I've just been immersed in this therapy world. What was reinforced to me was that I could take action far before I was ready. And it really spoke to me because the truth of the matter is my soul knew that. And in fact, that's how I was able to recover. Because if I would have sat around waiting to be ready to recover, I'd still be sick today. Yeah. If I would have waited to be ready to apply to graduate school, oh, I which I never thought concept. I would. Yeah. If I, if I would have waited to apply to graduate school when I was ready, I, I would have never gone because I never <coughs> ever thought I was smart enough. So that's what you helped me sort of transform and shift was this idea that I could take, even if they were just the tiniest baby steps in action before I was ready, and, and that's a big difference from therapy because as a therapist, we're balancing how do you take that action, and then we're also really trying to explore what's underneath and what's driving those behaviors. So I think in my, my individual work with clients, I'm definitely trying to push more towards, okay, I know you've had these really difficult things that are part of your story, but let's get into the work of creating a new story and what steps yeah. can you take towards that? That is so, so powerful. And I think it's so important. I just did a seminar yesterday and this came up for me then where it was like someone became, somebody in the seminar got for the first time that the story that she's been telling about her life all this time is incredibly disempowering. And it was what was right there for me was it's so powerful to get that. And it doesn't mean that you didn't have a bunch of crappy stuff happen. <laughs> it doesn't right. mean, it doesn't mean that you, you know, didn't, you know, suffer some as a kid or that you didn't, you know, have this, you know, stuff that you do need to go back and get up under. And that's the thing, you know, I mean, I'm so committed that people get that when I say we do all the things, I mean it, you got to go, you know, if you need to go see a th therapist, go see a therapist. You need to get stuff cleaned out from your past. Then that's what you need to do. And I don't do that because I don't want to. But, you know, there's people like you and other great therapists out in the world that do that work. And I think it's so important that people get in and get up under and where it's coming from. But I think you don't have to have it all figured out to start creating a new future and start telling a new story. And that, I think, sometimes is where people get stuck is that it's so true, their past is so true and so real that it occurs like, because that's real, I can't create anything new. And that's not the case. The reality is, is once we get grounded in, oh, okay, that did happen, that's my story, and I can go work on that in baby steps and take care of that in therapy, but at the same time, I can be looking to a new future and looking at how, what's the impact on my life today, and how can I start to shift things today in my future to have it show, start to show up differently. And I think that's very powerful to have people acknowledge that and really get that there's, it doesn't mean we have to 
be all ready. Now, there's no done button. <laughs> you get to go, my past is done, and so now I can create a future. It's like you can start creating a future right now, right? You can just start shifting tiny baby steps and create a new future for yourself. Really, I mean, and all it takes is some willingness and support, obviously. The support piece is, I think, invaluable. I agree with that. I am, And that's why I loved, you know, when we would do our coaching calls, you would help me create a hook list for the things that I wanted to be on the hook for over the past, you know, during that past, what am I trying to say, over the course of the next two weeks. And yeah. I think, you know, when I was in action about that and being mindful about that, that builds upon itself this momentum of feeling powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about people that I admire, they've all got difficult stories. I mean, you and I had the, you and I had the privilege this year of being front and center in front of Glenn and Doyle Melton. I mean, she's had a really, really difficult past, but look at what she's transformed and far before she was ready, I mean, when she was talking about doing her first TED Talk, she was horrified and puking in the bathroom. And <laughs> she did it anyway. And it's become this, she's become sort of this phenomenon. And it's because she's A, telling her truth, but then, you know, transcending that and really doing good work in the world. And it's resonating with people really powerfully. Clinton is my like spirit animal. Um, I just adore her. And I seriously was just looking back because that just happened. It was a year, almost like a year ago, right? This time frame that the, we had the, the event and I was able to meet her because uh, I was helping put on that event. And I seriously fangirled so hard that I was like, I, I couldn't speak. And she laughed. So she was laughing at me and she gave me a hug and she's like, it's okay. You know, like I'm not Oprah. And I was like, but, but you're go you're going to be. Like, I was like, she's just, everything that she does, everything that she, I read, it's just so incredible. And when I look at some of the stuff that you have done, I, you know, gone back and been able to enjoy the, the blog posts that you've done on HuffPost and, and the work that you have on your own website, which is angieveets.com. Um, really, even stepping outside of the eating disorder as, the, as a focus, the work that you have produced is incredibly powerful. Um, and it's so clear. Is that, is writing something that has helped you? I mean, is that a J edict that he had you start writing? Or was that something that's always been a kind of a passion of yours? Well, what Jay helped me with was getting in action about writing. Writing has yeah. been something that, A, journaling was one of the number one ways that I was able to recover is just getting my emotions out instead of stuffing them down. And what Jay helped me with is I knew that that was a passion for mine that I was ignoring. And so what he would have me do is say, okay, even if it's only 15 minutes, I want you to write every single day. And it doesn't matter what you write. Just write something every single day. And what I found with my blog, and, and yes, I'm an eating disorder specialist, but it really wouldn't matter what that foundation was. The things that I write about, that based on the feedback I'm getting, it, it's sort of universal things because the truth is, yeah. You could substitute eating disorder for substance abuse, for anxiety, depression, a shitty divorce. I mean, yeah. we're all going through something. And so I think that it applies to a broader audience um, than just the eating disorder population is what I'm finding. Oh, gosh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. I mean, everything that I've read, like there, I, I seriously get it like a step back and I'm so excited that you're writing a book. Like how amazing is that? How is that process going? It's uh, scary one and, <laughs> and two. So I, I hired this woman to help me. She's a, a book proposal coach. And I realized that this is a really big endeavor and writing a book proposal is sort of the equivalent of doing a dissertation when you're getting your PhD. And I knew that I needed help with that because I would have been all over the place and wasting time. And so she's helping me much like Jay did to say, okay, we're just focusing on this very little section and then we're moving on. And what's been really, really important along the way is that what I've learned about the book business is that you have to be incredibly patient because it's a long process. And I unfortunately struggle with being patient. I mean, if there was a pill that you could give me that helped with patience, I would just be all over it. So it's really, it's helped me in the work of that too. And it's just, it's another example of sort of stepping out there before I'm ready. Because I will tell you, there are days when I think, why the hell am I investing in this? But then there's this part of my soul that says, you can't give up on this. This is what you have to do. And so that's when I know that this is really a calling. That's so awesome. You know, the other thing too, and correct me if I'm wrong, Angie, but it occurs for me that that at some point, the other thing that you have done outside of me is connecting in with this group of women that have done uh, my seminars and done the work here in town. I know you've been part of supporting them and what they're up to, but if I remember correctly, like there was a day when you posted on the Facebook page, uh, you know, something like, you know, I don't know, I'm having a crappy day or whatever, and you got a lot of support. And one of the things that we're creating with the podcast is, and it's just kind of, it feels to me like it's just now starting to kind of really take off, is we're having people who are listening to the podcast come onto our Facebook page and really share what they're creating and what they're up to. Um, and especially as a therapist, can you speak to, because I think it's, you know, I think it takes a village and I think it takes a village, not just to raise kids, but to raise yourself, like to, have, to keep yourself <laughs> conscious, to keep yourself conscious and keep yourself supported and keep yourself in the work and doing all those things. I'm constantly, you know, asking you all to stay connected, stay connected, stay connected. Um, can you speak to that and how that's been an impact for you? Well, it's been critical. You know, I went to your seminar, I think it was the first of the year last year, and I met people that ordinarily I would have never met. You know, we kind of live, especially as moms, we sort of live within a bubble of A, people that are in our neighborhood, and then B, the moms that we have in our school. And so I really connected with other like-minded women that really wanted to stay in a conversation and dialogue about growth, progress, not perfection. And what I, what I noticed within, you know, the, the group of women that have gone on to do shift two degrees and your Facebook page of, you know, the women that have gone through your seminars is that if I got on there and posted, Hey, look, you guys, this is where I'm stuck right now. And I'm having a hard time. Instead of, you know, let's say if you call your mom or your best friend and they maybe say, oh, I'm so sorry, that's so hard. The people that are on the Facebook page are like, yeah, I get it. But here's, here's how you could look at this differently and let's move forward. And it, 
it's a whole different conversation than what I'm used to. Yeah. And yes. and they're really honest. I remember Erin Brown saying something to me and she just sliced through all of my you know, what, Jay, what do you call it? Like your shitty BS, like your belief system. Yeah. Your belief um, system, your BS. Yeah. yeah. She sort of sliced through the pity party that I was having, or maybe my, <laughs> lack of, my lack of confidence about saying I'm a writer. And she was like, girl, you write. So you're a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love her. I just needed that. I really needed that. So I think that's one of your strengths, Jay, is you don't just have people show up for these seminars or individually coach people. You've really created not only in Lawrence, but a community outside of Lawrence, you know, in all the places that you go and have your seminars. And that really has kept me in the work because it's like you say, we go unconscious if we're not talking about this. And those women have really helped me stay in the game. Yeah. And I would assert, you know, part of it for me, it's such a blessing because I just feel like, you know, yes, I wanted to create that and I made requests of people to stay connected and I always do, but you never know how that's going to go. And some people stay connected and some people don't, but it has just been like a joy and a blessing. And I don't, I don't know how to describe, sometimes it just seems so big outside of me that it's certainly it's not an effect that I had on my own like it's definitely like divinely ordered as far as I'm concerned but it's mm-hmm. and, but and it's unique I think like you're talking about because there's so many places in the world where when people gather in groups they're gathering as a complaint and they're gathering as you know an opportunity to complain or bitch or moan or whatever or cry about stuff and you're right like that group is you know not that they don't have empathy. There's so much empathy and so much love. But, man, they're also all about, like, let's – why are you creating it that way? And let's get powerful and what can we do? And the the Facebook page from our fo- podcast is also becoming that. Yeah. And it is so inspiring to watch these people and hear about these people who are, like, you know, just so happy to be reminded that they're creating and that they're willing to take responsibility for areas of their life that they haven't been willing to before. And that man, if we can make that kind of difference, it's I, I could we're done. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just uh, it feels really good. So um, I appreciate you speaking to that, and I have noticed that you're a big contribution to that, and I I appreciate that, and thank you for that too, because it's so great to have powerful people on there willing to share themselves and also to share what they're up to. Like even, didn't you share an article? I remember an article and it wasn't about eating disorders. I think it was about jealousy. You did a really powerful article about jealousy. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that in the Huffington Post too? Yes, it was. It was about envy as a guidepost because I was feeling, yeah, I was feeling like, oh, there was this new author that published a book and I just started hating her all of a sudden. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Why are you hating her? Oh, uh-huh. because she's doing something important that you want to do. So let's send her a lot of love and wish her well. Yeah. And then and then, you know, get into action to have that for yourself. And you're right, the groups online on Facebook, you know, you get a lot of validation, but you also, like you said, that that uh, shift in perspective to say, okay, so you got stuck, you got kind of, like you said, maybe bucked off the horse, but let's, let's gently get back up and start moving in a way that empowers you and yeah. helps you, you know, really stand in your most authentic, true, kick-ass self. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, I was sharing with somebody yesterday that um, one of the things for me that in terms of my own vulnerability threshold is when you're somebody who's in this field and then you're going to actually like make up stuff that you want people to (laughs) like, like actually ascribe to their lives. And so, you know, for me, creating the distinction of small versus ourself at first, when I started thinking about that, I'm like, are people going to really buy this? Like, you know, I mean, there's that little tiny, my own small trying to talk me out of it. And it has been so powerful. Yesterday, I was reminded in the seminar how powerful the distinction of small is because people get it. I mean, it's so okay. that whole jealousy thing. It's like your small is in charge. And then all you had to do is shift into your higher self and let it talk. And then you've got the answer. And it was that in particular reminded me that it was you know, one of those opportunities when, you know, immediately right there, you know, ego is a 911 responder. Of course, mm. the first one on the scene is going to be small, letting you know, look at that person who's already got their book published. But it did, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's so, right. what I really enjoyed about that was you also didn't beat up, we don't beat up our small. We're not like trying to crush it and kick the crap out of it. We want to love, love ourselves through that and not, you know, that small got created for us to survive at some point. So we want to thank it for it, for all the things it does for us, but at the same time, not have it running our day. And I think that a lot of your work is really highlights all of that. Thank you. Thank you. And I think one of the things I appreciated, not only in your conference, but or seminar rather, but also when we show up and you talk at Shift Two Degrees is your willingness to be vulnerable and share how your small is showing up. And one of the ways that I, and and then how you transform that and, you know, get into your highest self. And one of the ways I've started relating to my small who can be, you know, pretty angry and snarky is to imagine that it's one of my children as a toddler who's throwing this huge fit. I wouldn't start Mm -hmm. beating that toddler up. I'd, I'd, I'd give him some room to sort of throw his fit. And then I would come over and nurture like, Hey baby, let's go rock for a little bit, you know, and then let's move on. So I, I love that image because that's such a powerful thing for moms. Cause everybody, if you're a mom or a parent, you get it. You get that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's such a, do you get that? You know, one of the things that's interesting to me about that and I'm, I'm glad to be in this conversation with you as a therapist because, you know, I've done inner child work and therapy back in the 80s, right? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. that is what we're talking about. But at the same time, there's this huge resistance to some degree around that where the go-to for most of us is that we don't want to nurture that. We want to, like, beat it down. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Like, the instinct yeah. is. And there's something so cheesy about talking about inner child work, but yet somehow – Whenever I've been able to just have people call it their small, so many times I've had women, it just happened again yesterday, where a woman in the seminar got exactly what you just said. Like, she was like, holy crap, here I have been, like, wanting to, to, to make that inner kid in me or that person who's suffering in me just beat the crap out of it and shut it up. And this whole time, if I would have just been kind to it and nurtured it and come from a different place, I could have probably been healed. Mm-hmm. a lot faster. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting to me, you know, and probably, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's interesting to anybody else, but I find it interesting how 
therapy and coaching and how this model has shifted throughout time, but there's still that same standard of the reality is you've got to go back in and do your work. Like you got to go back in and heal yourself and be kind to yourself and get to a place of self-love because that nobody else can do that for you. No, I feel like I spend my day talking with the beautiful souls that trust me enough to be their therapist about, you know, how can I place an IV in your arm that feeds you self-compassion because as a culture, we really struggle with that. And these women will look at me and men too and say, what does that mean? And one way you taught me it was the it was the most simple thing, and I think that's often the thing that you know the things that really work for us is when they're simple. I think that's why small resonates with people is because it really yeah. breaks it down. But you yeah. told me that when you you know get hijacked, sometimes you will just place your hand on your heart and kind of pat your chest and say, "Hey, buddy, it's all right." And I've started doing that to myself. There is something about even just the placing your hand on your heart and I'll say, sweet girl, it's okay. It's okay. Just like, just like I would nurture one of my kids. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what's so interesting to me is that you're right. We've, we've, it's almost like we, our culture has, has told us that you're unworthy or you're not cool unless you're tough or there's something like that. I know for sure for me anyway, just getting to the point of being able to say, hey, buddy, it's okay. Like that for me was, it just almost makes me weep thinking about it because it was like, that was hard. Like that was, it was so much easier to go, you piece of crap, get your, you know, like mm-hmm. if somehow there was a less vulnerability in that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. We're really yeah. accessing a, a whole new level of vulnerability when we're able to be vulnerable and kind to ourselves that, we don't talk about that much in our culture, in our world, but that's that level of vulnerability that I think you can get there, man, you're, you're opening up a whole new level of healing for yourself that I think is I, profound. I 100% agree. And I think that we live in a culture and our, our media perpetuates this where we are told whether it's our pores or our thighs, our weight, we, they are selling us this message that we are not enough. In, in just who we are as humans. And when we really can connect with the fact that we're already there, there is absolutely nothing wrong with any part of ourself. Man, I just hear this collective sigh of relief when I imagine everybody getting that. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that what be a, amazing? Wow. That's cute. Let's hold that. <laughs> let's vision. hold that I mean, one. I, yeah, I'm yeah. going to say. I'm, let's hold that That's as our vision, vision of, coming out. It's creating this a one. world that works for everybody, but having people get that would be profound. Right on. Well, Good we work. are coming up here. We're actually over our 30 minutes, but I. I there's so much more. We're going to have to have you come back on because there. I think that we could just keep talking and go in so many different directions uh, with the work that you do and the work that you've done with Jay. But I really, truly appreciate you coming on and being willing to share your story and, and what you have done and how you've created that. And I imagine that huge things are in store for 2017. I, I know that to be true. I can't wait to see that, watch that blow up for you. Um, But what we do each time we have a guest on, I have the opportunity to ask a question and then Jay also will um, have a, his, his thing that he does. So I have my question that I always ask is 
Um, if you could give somebody one piece of advice um, to stay in the work, to do the work, um, to be in that space, what would that be? I love the concept of baby steps and visualizing. So visualizing, because your heart already knows which direction you need to go, but visualizing that and then just taking the teeniest, tiniest step towards that each and every day. Love and if that. you miss yeah. a day, Baby you steps are time with yourself and key. just get right back such into the work. And then um, since we're closing it out, first of all, I just want to thank you for being here, Angie. And um, I get an opportunity to acknowledge you. So I want to acknowledge you for who you are for the world, who you are for women and men, um, but particularly you represent a group of women that are, you're doing all the things that all, that this massive group of women are out to create, which is that you have um, a husband and kids and this great family life and you have your career, you're an entrepreneur and you're doing all the things. And the fact that you're willing to be vulnerable and put yourself first and take on this journey out in front of everybody is so inspiring to me. So I want to thank you for who you are for the world and uh, just acknowledge you and appreciate you for that. And I adore you and I'm so grateful that you're part of my life. So thanks for being on our show. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I admire the work that you're doing too. Thank you. Where can people get in touch with you? Right. So my website is Angie Beats, Angie, A-N-G-I-E. And then my last name is spelled V as in Victor, I-E-T-S. So AngieBeats.com. And then I just this week created a YouTube channel. Jay, you inspired me. I I think it's just Angie Beats is my channel. And I'm really, I'm going to be giving people recovery tips once a week on how they can step into their most powerful self. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a great week. You too, you guys. Stay warm. Yes. (laughs) All right. We'll talk soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We appreciate you so much, and we invite you to join us at Doing the Work with Jay and Becca on Facebook. Uh, We have a great discussion group there going, or visit us at jayandbecca.com for show notes. We have uh, pullouts of links to the books and the things that we talk about and as always we are here for you and we want to be part of your weekly self-care so thank you so much for listening stay connected and most importantly be kind to you hell yeah thank you so much jay and we'll see you next week see you next week